Hey, what's happening? I'm Pastor Derwin Gray, and I want to thank you for joining me for this study. So this is what we're going to do, is we are going to learn how to be happy. Uh, we're going to learn how to experience the good life. Um, I don't know about you. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. I want to experience a good life. You want to experience the good life. So as a pastor, but also, you know, as a disciple, as, as just a person, right? We're all looking for this thing called happiness. And for some reason, we think that following Jesus uh, doesn't lead to happiness. Whereas I think Jesus wants to teach us that, no, actually following me loving me, experiencing my grace, produces a happiness that transcends and transforms our lives. But we're kind of like on this journey and we're struggling. So we're going to learn how to be happy because we're going to learn how to connect with Jesus at a deeper level. When I was a little boy growing up in San Antonio, Texas, so uh, you know, we didn't we didn't have all these electronic gadgets and stuff. And you know, when I told my grand grandmother I was bored, she was like, "Go outside." You guys remember those days? Like, go outside and play. Well, what I used to like to do is chase my shadow because I thought I could catch it. But you know, and now I know, you could never catch your shadow. But nevertheless, it was fun, or at least it started out as fun. But after a while, that fun turned into frustration. I often feel like life is like that. We're told when we're young, you know, get a good education, get a good job, and you know, you'll you'll quote unquote get the good life. And so it's like chasing a shadow, and then as adults, that fun turns into frustration, disappointment, it turns into doubt, and we really, really struggle. But let me ask you a question. What if the happiness that we were created to experience isn't the things that we think they are. What if the things that we're really chasing after actually make us more unhappy? As I was doing research for this study, in the last 10 years or so, there's been this happiness movement that we're gonna be happy, we're gonna be happy. But while at the same time in this happiness movement of trying to be happy, people have actually become less happy. I just wonder if created things can actually never ever make us happy. So if we wanna be happy, what do we do? Uh, I think we need to go and look at the happiest person who has ever lived. I want to propose that Jesus is the happiest person who has ever lived. Now, does that mean Jesus was walking around laughing all the time? No, because Jesus's kind of happiness was a different kind of happiness. Typically, we think of happiness as good happenings, whereas for Jesus, his happiness was rooted in something that was greater, that was bigger, that was more profound and more beautiful than simply happenings. Jesus's happiness was consistent. Uh, whether he was feeding uh, 5,000 people 
whether he was hanging in agony on a Roman cross, whether he was rebuking his disciples, whether he was comforting little children, whether he was in debates with Pharisees and Sadducees. It didn't matter the circumstance because circumstances were the windows in which Jesus's happiness expressed itself. Jesus's happiness was from another realm. Now, perhaps you're saying, all right, pastor. Okay, so, all right, yeah, Jesus is, is happy. Well, because he's God. Well, yes, Jesus is eternally the son of God. But when he came to earth, he was 100% a human being. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he's the last Adam. Adam was to be the prototype, but he blew it. So Jesus came to reverse the curse of Adam, and he's the example of who we are to be. Um, salvation can actually be this. God rescues us from ourself so that we can lose ourself in Jesus so that we become our true self. And so Jesus is the model for us of what happiness looks like. I was in Israel a couple of years ago, it was for my doctrinal studies. And as we overlooked the Sea of Galilee, the tour guide said, this is where the Sermon on the Mount took place. It was really cool. Now, it wasn't really a mountain. It was like a hill. But man, it was awesome, though. And so you could picture there, Jesus is beginning to teach his manifesto on the good life. He's, he's sharing with humanity what happiness looks like. And he starts this way. This is from Matthew Chapter five, these are commonly known as the Beatitudes. It says this, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there's Jesus. He, he gives us this manifesto of happiness and you go, wait, wait, pastor. He said blessed. Well, I'm glad you caught that. It's interesting, in the Greek language, the word blessed literally means happy. And when you trace the word in the Old Testament, it means happy. So Jesus is saying, do you really want to be happy? But not only that, you were created to be happy, but it's a God kind of happiness. Jesus himself embodied the Beatitudes. Jesus himself embodied the good life. And through faith in him, he wants to share this good life with us. The first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why does Jesus start there? Because the kingdom of heaven is only for beggars. 
in the new heavens and new earth, in eternity, when, when full redemption has taken place, the only boasting you will ever hear is Jesus is greater than our thought. Jesus is more epic than our thought. Jesus is more than I thought. The kingdom of heaven is for beggars. The kingdom of heaven is for those who said, I can't, but he can. I don't know about you, but God had to humble me before he could heal me. Uh, growing up in San Antonio, Texas, uh, a product of single parents, grew up on welfare, at-risk environment, football becomes my way out. Football gets me a scholarship. Football leads me to the National Football League. I become a professional player. I'm living my wildest dreams. I've got a beautiful wife. I've, I've got the cars, the houses. I have everything that I thought that was supposed to make me happy. But it turned out to be that I was just chasing shadows that I couldn't catch. But my problem was what I tried to get on the outside to fix on the inside could never fix it. I knew I needed forgiveness. I knew I needed love. I knew I needed a purpose beyond tackling other human beings. And so through a teammate who literally would share Jesus with me after practice for five years, his nickname was the Naked Preacher because he would share Jesus with just a towel wrapped around his waist and his Bible. And so for five years, he shared Jesus with me. And on August 2nd, 1997, that's when my ego which stands for edging God out, was melted under the weight of God's grace. He had to humble me before he could heal me. In other words, everything that I tried failed. Now on the outside, it looked like it succeeded, but on the inside where we really live, it failed. And that's where Jesus won me because he's the one who gives unconditional love. He's the one who gives forgiveness through the shed blood on the cross. He's the one who gives us purpose that we exist to experience his goodness. And so happiness in a good life is not so much about good things happening to you, though I like good things happening to me. But the reality is we live in a broken world and that doesn't happen all the time. The Good life, the God kind of happiness, is more about becoming good. That Jesus, who is the son of the good, good father, wants to live his good life through us. And so the first step in our journey to the good life, our first step into the journey of what it means to be happy, is to understand that happy are the beggars, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Grace is only for those who know that they can't achieve it, but only receive it. What it means to be happy. As you go to your groups, I have two questions for you. One, Read Matthew 5, 3, and how was your understanding of being poor in spirit transformed? Two, how does pride blind us to God's grace? I have one thought I want you to marinate on. Remember that being poor in spirit means that we are humble enough to receive the unsearchable riches of Christ. 
I'll see you at the next session. Peace. I'm out.